Good morning, everyone. It's certainly good to be in the house of the Lord with you this morning. I'm glad you're all here worshiping God together. Uh, Kelly and I want to express our appreciation. We really enjoyed the Gettys 2022 Same Worship Conference. Although I experienced some neck pain and shoulder pains for a few days, may have been from looking at the screen or some certain levels or something like that. But, uh, we really had an uplifting conference and it was a blessing to our lives. Thanks so much for giving us that opportunity to attend that conference this year. Uh, afterwards, after the conference, we made our way further south to the Alabama coast and enjoyed some time together in Orange Beach Gulf Shores area, where I was able to contact this lovely cold that I had this morning and bring it back with me. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to take the good with the bad <laughs> and make the best of it. So uh, you bear with me this morning. I may be coughing and hacking a few times, but I'm not going to get close to anybody. And I've been tested twice by myself and then once at work, and it's not COVID. All right, so let's worship together. Uh, if you would turn in your Bibles with me to the book of Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 18, of there going to be our study this morning. Uh, turn with me there in God's Word to the Philippians chapter 2, where we begin reading in verse 1. <clears throat> if therefore be therefore if there be therefore any consolation in Christ if any comfort of love if any fellowship of the spirit if any bowels and mercies fulfill ye my joy that ye may be like minded having the same love being of one accord of one mind let nothing be done through strife or vainglory but in lowliness of mind let each other, each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made him himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto the death, unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as my, in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, in a crooked and a perverse nation." among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if I be offered up this, upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. May we look to our Lord in prayer. Our Father in heaven this morning, we thank you for your goodness, 
your graciousness, your mercy, your kindness, and love to us. Father, you're amazing. You're always there for us in our lives. If we have troubles and trials and tribulations, you step up and you help us and you place your loving arms around us and you guide us with your great Holy Spirit. And Father, we just thank you for the love we have in the Holy Trinity. Father, bless us this morning. May your word go out and accomplish what has been set forth to accomplish. May you be, may you be praised this morning from this message. May I be made humble, low, and may you be lifted up in your holiness and your goodness be praised in our service today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In chapter 1 of this epistle, Paul expressed his thankfulness to God for the Philippian believers and upon every remembrance of them. And the first chapter concluded with an exhortation to stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Paul continues in chapter 2 for the call of unity and or exhortation to shine as lights in a darkened world. In verses 1 through 11 of our text, the Apostle Paul exhorts the church at Philippi to unity. Verse 1, Paul provides four motivating factors for unity. First motivating factor is this, the consolation we have in Christ. Spurgeon describes it in these words. Consolation is the dropping of a gentle dew from heaven on desert hearts beneath. True consolation, such as can reach the heart, must be one of the choicest gifts of divine mercy. And surely we are not erring from sacred scripture when we avow that in its full meaning, consolation can be found nowhere save in Christ, who has come down from heaven and who has again ascended to heaven to provide strong, everlasting consolation for those whom he has brought with his blood. End quote. In the last two verses of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, this is found. Paul declares, Now our Lord, now our Lord Jesus Christ himself, and God, even our Father, which has loved us and hath given us an everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work, in good word and work. We certainly have a reason to be greatly encouraged in our blessed Lord and Jesus Christ. He is our consolation. Motivating factor number two found in the passage of verse one is this, the comfort found in love. There is no greater love than the love of God that has been poured out upon his people. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And yet Christ laid down his life for his enemies. That is the kind of love our Lord and Savior has for us. He died for us. He gave himself for us so that we might have everlasting life 
He took the punishment. We got the blessing. And we don't deserve it. But praise God for it. We owe him everything. It's amazing love that is so comforting and felt in almost every aspect of our lives. We could say millions of things about God's amazing love. You have stories in your lives about how God has touched your life and moved in your life and moved in your home. And, and we could go on and on about the amazing love of God and how great it is. And it truly is. Let's move on. The third motivating factor for unity is the fellowship we have in the Spirit. The fellowship that we have in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a divine helper and teacher that leads us unto all truth. The Holy Spirit continually works in our lives, conforming us to, to holiness and to the image of Christ. He is our divine comforter and source of strength. Christ Jesus is our Lord and our Savior. And the Holy Spirit is our divine comforter and source of strength in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Sorry about saying that wrong. All right. He is our divine aid and spiritual guide in unity. You ever struggle with someone or with something? We all do. We all have struggles and trials and temptations. That's part of everyday life. Call upon the name of the Lord. Call upon the Holy Spirit to guide you and lead you and direct you. I, I ask for prayers now. And I've asked for prayers in the past. And so has Kelly. But please remember my son Adam and my grandson Gabe. As they are struggling with situations right now that sometimes he just feels like he's at his ropes in. So just pray for them earnestly. But the Holy Spirit, and I've told him, says, Adam, when you can't do anything, just cry out to God for mercy. Try out, cry out to God for help. He is our aid. He is our strength. We have within us, if we're Christians, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us who can lead us and guide us and direct our paths in the right way of how to deal with situations and trials. The words of this old song talks about the Holy Spirit's faithful guiding. And it's by M.M. Wells, and it was written over 100 years ago. The words say this, Holy Spirit, faithful guide, ever near the Christian side, Gently lead us by thy hand, pilgrims in a desert land. Weary souls, for I rejoice, while they hear that sweetest voice whispering softly, Wanderer, come, follow me, I'll guide thee home. Ever present, truest friend, ever near thine aid to lend, leave us not to doubt and fear, groping on in darkness drear. When the storms are raging sore, Hearts grow faint and hopes give o'er. Whisper softly, wanderer, come. Follow me, I'll guide thee home. And let's not miss the sweet fellowship that we also have in the, in the spirit with our dear church family and saints. As Christians, 
We are so richly blessed. And if you do not know your Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I point you to him. He will pull you from the darkness of sin out of that horrible pit and make you whole again and make you alive. The fourth motivating factor for unity in the, is the affection and mercy to be enjoyed. Turn with me in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. We begin reading in verses 12 through 17. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bows and bows of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let this pe the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which ye are called in one body, and be thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. In Christ, there is affection and sympathy. Great affection and great sympathy. We can also find that in his word. If you need an uplifting, if you need your heart uplifted, just get in the Psalms. Get in God's word and your heart will be uplifted. Your heart will be lifted up. You know, oftentimes the psalmist began saying, I am in the depths of the quicksand. I'm in the deep miry clay and I'm, I can't pull myself out. But then I cry to the Lord, and he is my help. He is my shield. He is my comforter. He is my all in all. And he lifts me up out of the horrible pit that I'm in and sets me on a solid rock. Praise God for his strength, his guidance, and his love in our lives. So we can find comfort in his word. We can find comfort by a hug or a prayer or a blessing from a friend. Every time you may feel broken and that you can't go on, he's there to assure you that in him you can because his grace is what? Sufficient for thee. His grace, his unmerited favor, his love, is pouring out of gentleness and loving kindness. It's sufficient for thee through all the tribulations and trials. And trust me, we go through plenty. We are to cast all our cares upon him because he cares for us. There's a song, Constantly Abiding, that Brother Bowling is one of his favorites. Constantly Abiding, Jesus is mine. 
constantly abiding. You know, the word, words right now kind of slipped my mind. Anyway, it's talking about the constant love that Jesus has and that he's always there for us and that he never leaves us nor forsakes us. And he's caring for his own. He is the great shepherd. He is the great and tender shepherd. Back in our text in Philippians chapter 2, Paul describes the nature of unity. Let's turn back to Philippians chapter 2 and read again verse 2. Paul describes the nature of unity. Fulfill ye my joy. In other words, Paul saying, make me happy, but it's much more than make me happy. Make me joyful. Give me great joy in doing this, that ye may be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. There were a few ladies in the Philippian church that had a few quarrels against each other. I don't know if it's just one or it might have been a number. And they were causing a little bit of dissension in the church. Uh, Epaphrodite was sent to Paul to minister unto Paul and they also sent Paul a great gift from the Philippian church there. Uh, and they sent Epaphrodite to minister unto him while he was in Roman prison. This, he wrote this letter from a Roman prison. It was actually a, a hired house. It was a house where he was in prison in a house. But anyway, he was there and he could not leave that house. So during that time, Epaphrodite came and probably shared with him a few things that were going on in the church. And there were two ladies. These, this is what I would not want. My name to be written in God's word because I had a quarrel against another brother or sister in Christ. Uh, and Epaphrodite, Epaphrod uh, I mean, Yodi, let me say that word, someone said Yodi, Yodius and Sintiki, that close enough, that these two ladies had, had a, a quarrel against one another, and later on in chapter 4, of course all of this is guiding them, leading them in the direction that they should go to create unity within the body of Christ. Later on in chapter 4, he says, you need to be of the same mind. He's saying the same thing here, that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. The ch chapter 4, that states, I beseech Yodis and beseech Sintiki in, in verse 2, that you be of the same mind in the Lord. He didn't go and call out the problem that was there. He just pointed them to the, the way that they could solve the problem. And it is through humility and through service to the Lord and through allowing God to work in your lives and to be like-minded, okay? Sometimes we have to say, okay, it's time to make a compromise. We can't always agree, but sometimes we do have to do what? We have to compromise with one another sometimes. A lot of times there is, you can't compromise doctrine, you can't compromise scripture, but you know what, there's some things in our lives that we can make compromises for. And so these ladies, I don't know what their quarrel was. It may not have been about scripture, probably wasn't. It was probably about something else. But anyway, they needed to get right with the Lord and make their hearts right with God and be like-minded in one accord. 
Romans chapter 12. Turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Let's read verses 9 through 21 concerning this. Romans 12. 9 through 21. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another, Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if, in, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he, if he thirst, give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome evil, but overcome evil with good. That passage clearly explains the way to unity. is by giving your life over to the Lord. And following his direction for your life. Leaving your pride aside. And saying, Lord, I want to provide unity for myself and this person that I'm having a, a quarrel against or a problem that I have. And I want to make things right. And it may have to start with you. It may not start with that other individual. It may start with you. That other individual may never want to make things right. But you have to forgive in your heart. You have to make things right in your heart and in your life. And that's where it begins. In verses 3 through 11 of our text, let's turn back to Philippians chapter 2. Look at, read again with me, verses 3 through 11 of Philippians chapter 2. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not only in my presence only, but now much more in my, I'm sorry, I began in the wrong place. It's verses 3 through 11. Verse 3 of Philippians chapter 2, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each seem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on also on things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, 
and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In our text, we see, we discover that unity is built upon humility. Nothing is to but be done through selfish ambition or conceit. In humility, let each one esteem others better than himself. Not only are we to look out for our own interests, but we are also to look out for the interests of others. Share or lend a helping hand, a shoulder to cry on, prayerful hearts, and we could go on. If you just look around, you'll see a need. And you probably can provide some of that need. The greatest display of humility is in Christ. And it's in his, his unselfish and his unselfishness and his love and his mercy and grace that's found in, here in verses 5 through 11. Do you see how awesome The awesome display that Christ showed here in great humility, that he humbled himself. God took the form of lowly man. He lived that life, and there oftentimes he was probably sleeping out in the wilderness or out in the mountains. It says that he during this early childhood, he was a carpenter's son. So he lived, of course, with Mary and Joseph, his earthly father. And he was a carpenter's son there, and he, he learned the skill of carpentry. So he lived there, and then he began his earthly ministry at about the age of 30. And then after the age of 30, he says he barely had a place to lay his head at times. And I'm sure at times he was in other people's homes and things like that, but there were times that he was, he was out. So, just imagine, God now feels cold. God now feels pain and suffering and heartache. He is the, he's in the flesh. He is the, still the God-man. But he is experiencing the things that he's never experienced before in the flesh. And we praise God that one thing he didn't experience in the flesh was sin. He was sinless. His life was perfect and it was sinless. The only time he had to experience that was on the cross because of our sin. That's the kind of humility. He became sin for us, died on a cross and paid it all for us. The humility that was shown there is spectacular. No words can express it. Humility is truly powerful in Christ's example. 
And it's needed in our everyday lives. We need to display some of this humility in our everyday lives. Paul, after declaring so vividly there is need for unity, then exhorts believers at Philippi to shine as lights in the world. Philippians chapter 2, now verses 12 through 18. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but how much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world." holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I may have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. Here Paul is exhorting them to shine as lights in the world by working out their own salvation with fear and trembling. That's not working for, that's working out. That's a process of sanctification. It's a process of living a godly life after salvation. It's not for salvation, it's a work that you do after you are saved. You are to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Remembering that God is at work in your life. It is God that works in us, both to do and to, both to will and to do his good pleasure. We need to get the heart and mind right inwardly so that your life displays Christ outwardly. Get the heart and mind right inwardly so that your life displays Christ outwardly. He is exhorting us to shine as lights in the world as children of God, doing all things without murmurings and complaining. Too often, we are like the children of Israel. When things come upon us, instead of calling out to the Lord, instead of going to Him in prayer, oftentimes we start mumbling, groaning, and whining because of things that are happening in our lives. Too often, we are like those children of Israel. Why did you bring us out here in this desert? There's no water, there's no food, and by the time we've done this for months, we, we are loathing this manna. <laughs> we want something else. How often do we uh, carry on? There's nothing in the fridge to eat. Man, crumpers, complainers, come on. We got tons. We are blessed beyond measure. There might be nothing you want to eat in there, but there's food. There's food in your pantry. There's food. I, I dare say that I could go to any of your houses and would not find some source of food to eat. It's there. Uh, there's all types of other ways we crumble and complain as well. That's just one. We are to be blameless and harmless in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. We are to hold fast the word of life, making God's word a vital part of our own everyday lives so that Paul may rejoice with them in the day of Christ. Make 
God's Word, an everyday part. This is where I fail so often to make God's Word an everyday part of my life, to get in His Word and read it and to study it and to listen what the Holy Spirit has to say through His Word. If you're living your own life without God's Word, you may not feel the Holy Spirit very often. But I'm telling you what, if you get in His Word, you'll feel it. You'll feel God's Spirit working and moving in your heart more and more every day. And it'll become stronger. And you'll become closer. And you'll become more unified with God and with His Spirit. And then you can become more unified with others around you. So we have seen in this great chapter, unity built upon humility that's patterned after our glorious Savior helps us to become, through obedience and faithfulness, shining lights in a sin-darkened world that needs Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. Trust me, we will falter at times. But thank God, His mercies are new every morning. And we need to strive to continue to succeed by following his commandments and walking in his steps. May we just become closer, drawn to Jesus, just a closer walk with thee. There is a there is something in that song that, uh, let me get it so I don't misquote it, that I don't agree with. You know, there's a few things in songs that you don't, don't agree with that, with words. Okay, in that particular song, now we'll get to, so I don't, like I said, misquote it. I think it's 564. All right. It says in verse 2 Through this world of toils and snares, if I falter, Lord, who cares? Who with me my burden shares? None but thee, dear Lord, none but thee. It is true that God shares our burdens, but we have many others. We have many others around us that can share our burdens, that we can share what's going on in our lives with, that they can go and pray for us. That's why we have a prayer, a prayer list on our, in our bulletin, so that we can share the needs of others, so we can pray for them. Others care. And I know that God cares more than any, any of everybody else does, but others care and others share in our burdens. 